This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony and I are joined by the editor-at-large of Salon.com, Joan Walsh. Joan has a long history of baseball fanaticism in her family. Her fandom stretches across both coasts as she has ties to the Giants, Mets, and the Cubs. Joan chats with us about being a part of five generations of women who love baseball, Barry Bonds, Dusty Baker, and much, much more. You can follow Joan on Twitter at Joan Walsh. This episode was recorded at the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse in New York City. Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Got him! 20 strikeouts! He ties the Major League record! There it goes! See ya! I don't believe what I just saw! And he's out by five feet at the plate! And that was the worst base running in the history of the game! Fly ball, left field, it's deep! Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I am Manish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Yes, I am. Our guest today has written for far too many publications to list, including the Washington Post, the LA Times, the San Francisco Chronicle. She's also the author of What's the Matter with White People, which is a fantastic title, and Why We Long for a Golden Age That Never Was, which is an even better title. She's also the co-author of Splash Hit, The Pacific Bell Park Story, she is currently the editor-at-large for Salon.com. I told you there was too many to list, but I tried anyways. Thank you. But as always, her only credit that matters on this show is that she is a fan of the San Francisco Giants. Joining us in the clubhouse today, Joan Walsh! Cheers. We cheer. Thank we you. Cheer. That's the only reason I came on. I wanted to hear that. Absolutely. I dreamed of hearing my name like that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show today. I am incredibly excited to hear about your relationship with this game that we all love. Well, it's a long one. I am a fifth-generation girl baseball fan. My great-grandmother loved the Brooklyn Dodgers and my grandmother and my mother. It did not come down on the male side because my dad was a Yankees fan and they turned me against the Yankees pretty much in infancy. Nice. Uh, and so one of my earliest memories is going back and forth between the kitchen and the living room, carrying insults from my grandmother to my father and then back to her about their teams. They wouldn't talk to each other? No, they would say, go tell your grandmother the Mets are a bunch of crumb buns. It didn't get... Sure. I didn't get obscene sure, or sure. anything. Uh, and then, you know, go tell your father that the Yankees are a bunch of bullies. So, yeah, I was raised on that kind of tribal enmity within my own home. Now, did you feel, was it sort of, you know, female solidarity, the, the reason that you stuck with the Dodgers versus the It was the, the Mets Yankees? at that point. I mean, oh, the Mets, was, but I mean. You know, but the National League or my, it was, I don't know if it was female solidarity as much as feeling really sad for those little Mets. I mean, we're talking about the early, early Mets. Uh, And so I felt that they needed me. And that's definitely how my mother and grandmother talked about it. Like they needed me, whereas the Yankees didn't need anybody. You know, the Yankees had the world and they had the championships and they continued to win. They had Mickey Mandel. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't needed over there. So I was actually way closer to my, not way closer, but I was very close to my father. I still kind of marvel at the fact that I didn't just side with him, but I didn't. 
That's interesting. That is so amazing. And, you know, to have five generations of, of uh, female sports fans. Right. I misspoke. Fans. My daughter's the fifth generation. I'm okay. the fourth. Okay. okay. Sure. So, so no, but, still, but still, being five. a part of a legacy of, you know, it's interesting that we're eventually going to get to the San Francisco Giants because uh, a couple of years ago, I drove 17,000 miles in 95 days to go to a baseball game at all 30 parks. Wow. And when I did that, I met this woman named Barbara, who is a San Francisco Giants fan. And she introduced me to her daughter, who they are a mother and daughter team that have been obsessed with the Giants for as long as they can remember. And they, I've always wanted more women in sports. Like I've always wanted more women in baseball. It's always bummed me out. I've worked in sports my entire adult life and it always bums me out that it's such a sausage fest. And when I met Barbara and her daughter, they unlocked something in my brain where it just sent me on this crusade of wanting to figure out how we can find more stories like that. And as soon as I did, it was unbelievable how many of those stories existed. I met uh, uh, some girls in Texas who, you know, three generations of female fans. This is the longest chain, though, that I have met. So my question to you, if you can, if you know even about going back this far, you said your, was it your grandmother or wait, who? Great grandmother. Great grandmother was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Yep. Do you know how she really? That's as far back as I can go. Yeah. I don't know how she, be, how she became a fan, um, but she was one and she turned her daughters into fans. And my cousins are still Mets. Well, that's not true. A couple of my cousins are Yankee fans. Oh. So. I don't know what happened, but uh, a lot of us remember our grandmothers being the ones who introduced us to baseball. That is so amazing. Yeah. And did you get a chance to go to ball games with your, your grandfather? Your yes, I did. We went to a couple. Um, I, my fav- one of my favorite baseball memories is going to Roberto Clemente night yeah. out in, at, at Shea Stadium and sitting with just a completely latin crowd somehow we had we had nosebleed seats we were was it were they playing the pirates is that why it was roberto yes yes they were i guess yes they were playing the pirates um and we you know that that's how i learned about roberto or really learned about roberto clemente that it wasn't bob clemente like the baseball card said right um the baseball card (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah Oh, I'm not sure if all of them do, but one of my best friends has an old collectible card, and it says Bob. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Can't let those et- ethnic folk ruin our game. Yeah. You know, yeah. you need to make sure this is America's pastime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the stories about him are terrible, but they're kind of they're they're related to the stories about about Hank Aaron too, because the the sports writers would would like quote him in kind of pigeon English and make him sound stupid like they would quote henry aaron in you know very a very southern a thick southern accent sometimes and they did this to willie mays too sometimes not even saying things that they said it's one thing to capture their sure. you know the way they speak their but cadence, it's an, or their cadence yeah. but it's another thing to put like to really make it sound less grammatical than it was and to make just make them seem like big dumb guys who like to hit the ball that's so I've been reading, do you know, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Is it Angel or Angel, Roger Angel, I, the baseball writer? I can't you know? believe that I don't, I've even met him, but I think <laughs> it's Angel. I think I, that. So I've been reading, uh, there's a com- big compendium that I found and uh, it's it's all about like the, so far it's been about like the s- late, like the 60, 50s and 60s in that, in that era, but um, he's been talking about the Mets early day. Like he became a Mets fan because he went to, 
uh, well, I guess the first year was in Ebbets, but then, or yeah, the Ebbets and then right. uh, then Shea, but talking about like how bad they were, but how incredible the fans were, even from the early, early days of them like being terrible. Like the first, their first season, I think they lost like, 120 games, but they lost, they even lost like 11 in a row to open the season or something oh, yeah, crazy yeah. like that. But they lost 100. But he said, games. he said that the, the fans were unbelievable from the, from day one, it was packed all the time. And there, and he also talked about like there being all sorts of people like women, you know, in, in, in those days. So I have this, I have this sort of affection for, for hearing about the, the early days of the Mets. And I'm not sure exactly how early you're talking about, but I mean, were you around Very for 69? Yes, you, I was. You, yeah. So that until the Giants won the World Series in 2010, I had not had a team win the World Series. Um, but, th- but 60, you know, I was, what was I, 11, 10. Um, well, that's, that's a perfect age. Yeah. That's oh the age my that God. you want to have that experience because you just, the emotions are so inside of you, just bubbling to come out and then you have that victory and you just explode. And it's so communal. I mean, they rolled TV. I went to Catholic school and they, they rolled TVs <laughs> into the classroom to watch the, to watch the games. Amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, I can't, I mean, they would do that for like educational films or something and we weren't watching sports but the the whole week i think going in, even in the playoffs they did it um and but you know there are some bad things about it too because especially since i was raised to believe that i had to be a mets fan because they needed me <laughs> it was a kind because i you know i do remember being a little very little kid but it really was was like 67 68 69 that i became really obsessed so it wasn't that long of being a very engaged Mets fan that they won and so it really kind of you know faith will be rewarded and everything will you know that you have you are playing a role (laughs) and then you you go however many years what was that 49 years yeah well I mean it's it's, 41 years well I mean you're sitting next to a gentleman here who I think you know (laughs) this this poor poor guy you know he's lived his entire life without you know he's had a couple of maybes but really well the real maybe was 2003 exactly And, and I, you know, uh, the Tigers, I, growing up a Tigers fan, so they did win the World Series in 84. Right. But I was unfortunately one-year-old. You know, I was a one-year-old child at that point. Yeah, so no, no real memory. don't really remember that at all. And for the entirety of the uh, 90s, they were the worst team in baseball. Uh, in 2003, they challenged the 1962 Mets record for uh, most losses in a season. They lost 119 games as opposed to 120 Just games. Just shy. Yeah, and I'll tell you this, and I've told this story before, but it's it's honestly, despite the fact the Tigers now have two pennants uh, in my lifetime that I do remember, the happiest moment I've ever had as a Tigers fan is when the Tigers had to win five of the last six games in 2003 to not break that record. And for a team that couldn't string together three wins, you know, at the same time to save their life all year, they did it. You know, we had a 20-game loser we had, you know, you had Mike a twenty Mar- game losing streak. That's no, no, no. I, I'm sorry, pitcher. A, a twenty pitcher. game oh. loser. Mike Morocco oh. had, had twenty plus losses. Oh. Bonderman would have had twenty plus losses, but they pulled him because they didn't want to. He was supposed to be our future stud, and we didn't want that on his to you know, crush him exactly. To crush his but I mean, it was just it was embarrassing. It was awful. But I watched every single inning of that year. And it was the happiest I've ever been when we actually <laughs> clinched. I was working for ESPN at, the, ESPN at the time, and I convinced them to put it on our, we had this large 14 by 16 foot screen that like the most important game of the night was supposed to be on every night. I somehow convinced them, you need to put this game on there because it's the most important game since 1962. That's a record it, that nobody wants to be. No, that's true. And so, but basically my point is that I, I, I do, I, I was something I was going to ask you because... We have this, this lifetime of misery 
and a lifetime of just sadness sprinkled with some happy moments here and there, but we've never gotten that explosion yet. Right. And I fundamentally don't know how I'm going to react if the Tigers win the World Series. When? Let's say when. I hope it's when. There'll I want it to be yeah, when. Yeah, there'll be a when. I yeah. want it to be when. I hope that I'm around when it happens. So you were 11, 1969. Yep. Your team needs you. The final out is recorded. What is going through your 11-year-old brain? Just wishing that I'd been there tearing mm. up the sod. And that's when they let people Yeah, just, people would know, jump on the field. Yeah, yeah, I was really like, that. that is what I aspire to, which I've ne that's never happened and probably won't happen. No. Um, they don't let you do that anymore. No. But, yeah. uh, oh, I just we were so excited. I, I was also sad because I think I was in school. Like, we had to go home and celebrate. Because it was a day game? No, it could have been a day game. Am I crazy? Some of them were there day were, games. There were day games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was a game. Was there were day, day games. Game? No, I know games. there were day games, but I'm trying to think. But was of, that a day yeah, game? Yeah, I'm trying to think if that one was a day I, game. My memory is of being in school, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. We, we could ask, actually, excuse me, Jay Goldberg, owner of the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse. <laughs> 1969, the clinching game of the Mets World Series. Do you remember? Was that a day game? So it was Thank a day you. game. Okay, <laughs> well, we have an expert here. Jay is a diehard Mets fan. Jay yes. adores the Mets. So, uh, All right, Jay. Good, I'm glad. I can double check that, by the way, not, not to completely interrupt. Please, get on the mic, get on the mic. When Joan mentioned about Bob Clemente's tops card, I knew of one, so I happened to do a Google search, an image search. I had no idea that there were years and years of Clemente cards. Bob. Bob, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Let's see. I wonder what year they switched over. Yeah, that's towards the end. Yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. So crazy, but anyway, sorry. but hey, no. But by '68, I think we went in '60. I have actually, I actually did Google this once to try to figure out if I, <laughs> it, to, see if I could figure out when Roberto Clemente night at Shea Stadium would have been, and I, I don't think I found it. But um, I, I want to say it was '68. I don't think it was the year that they won, but. He was definitely Roberto Clemente at that point. Yeah. And we, to see like the pride that a great variety of, of Latin people felt in him. And, and it was so communal because they were sort of Mets fans, but they were, root, you know, we were all, we didn't know who to root for. Yeah. Um, and they were sharing rum with my mom. And, you know, she spoke, <laughs> she still had some high school Spanish. And it was just one of these experiences where, you know, we really were white people from the suburbs, but it was just, you know, they would, would help my grandmother up and down the stairs. Like, people were just so nice to us. Uh, it was just a really great I'm telling you, that's, that's, uh, I mean, people make fun of me about that all the time, where I, I talk about there's, there is nothing like a baseball crowd. There's nothing like sitting in the stands at a Major League Baseball stadium. You know, I, I've been to a lot of NFL games, NBA games, NHL games. I've been to concerts. I've been to stand-up shows. I've been to theaters. I've been to all these places where adults come together. Right. And there is nothing more unifying. There's nothing more just communal is the right word. It's yeah. just you feel like a community. You know, when, when I was in St. Louis for my 30 stadium tour, they told me that every time uh, there's a home game at Bush Stadium in St. Louis, Bush Stadium is the, I believe it's like the 10th largest city in Missouri or something like that. You know, it's, they've got their own economy. They've got their own, you know, infrastructure. They've got their own language. It's, it's this own little city where people come together and it just, it's, I'm never happier than when I'm inside of a ballpark. I was just in uh, Edinburgh at the Fringe Festival and I met an, an actor from London who was a friend and he worked in Toronto and he fell in love 
with baseball being in Toronto and going to games. Yeah. And he he was talking about how like when you go to a, a rugby game, well, actually rugby tends to be more civilized, believe it or not, than soccer, than football. <laughs> sure. Um, in terms of the crowd behavior, mm-hmm. he said like rugby is a game played by thugs for gentlemen and soccer is a game for gentlemen played <laughs> or a game for, uh, for thugs gen- played by gentlemen. You I know what I mean? It's like that. something like that. I absolutely love that. But he, he remarked on that experience of being at a ballpark that there's something very like, you, you know, no people except sometimes in Dodger Stadium. People well, no, that's good. Right. You're always going to have the a-holes out there yeah. that right. run up for everybody. Right. But I've never been, I've never, I've been to over a thousand baseball games in my life. I have never been to a ball game. And most of those by myself, actually. Most of the games I go to, I go by myself. I have never not talked to another person. Oh, absolutely. I've never not made a new... I mean, I've, I can't say I've never not made a new friend. I've certainly not made over a thousand friends at ballparks. But I've made so many of my lifelong friends now were just random people that were just sitting next to me at a baseball game. Yeah. And now I stay at their house when I'm in their city. Or I'm texting with them all the time or whatever. I've not had experience in any other place as an adult. And it's just, it's... Br- it's a- Bruce Springsteen concerts. Seriously. Absolutely. I've literally made friends at Bruce Springsteen concerts, but that's it. I mean, I've gone sure. to a lot of other concerts and NBA, yeah, you know, sure. NFL. It, yeah. it, there's nothing like it. You always do. If you're open to it, you always talk to people, even if you're with other people, and especially if you're alone. Yes. I mean, I've gone to a fair number of games alone, but I would, I would say, honestly, as a, as a Giants fan going into other stadiums people are really nice and i mean i'm sorry i did go to i did go to detroit during the world series and people were so nice to me i sat by myself because my friend got me a ticket and he worked for espn so he wasn't you know in the stands people were amazing the only time i've ever felt threatened i mean even texas they were nice to us the only time i ever felt threatened has been at Dodger, Dodger Stadium. Stadium yeah. yeah, that's like I said and that's that's unfortunate yeah you know i i wore my tigers hat in all 30 ballparks and Similarly, people could not have been nicer to me. You'll get your playful ribbing. Oh, sure. You'll get your playful, That's different. which, which, I, which yeah. I embrace. I want that. I'm, I, right. if, I'm, if I'm going into a, you know, a Kauffman Stadium or Progressive Field or somewhere who is you know, one of our rivals, I, don't, I want to have that back and forth. I want to have that you know, memories of us beating you, you beating us, et cetera. That's fun. Yeah, the Dodgers-Giants stuff is, is – and, and, and it's ugly in it's ugly in San Francisco too. I'm not going to pretend that it Absolutely. isn't. It just so just happens. Just when the Dodgers Nobody, are in town, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Only when the Dodgers are in town. Yeah. Uh, it's really it's really something. It really brings out people who are more interested in fighting. And they've done so much, and they have more cops, and they've done away. I mean, I remember going to Candlestick uh, Park for a night, a Friday night. We just stopped going to Friday night Dodgers games. I mean, even at AT and T Park. Because I remember being late and driving and pulling in and seeing these women fighting each other. And also seeing, like, and I saw this once at a Raiders game, too. Sorry, I'm stereotyping teams, that even one that I kind of love. Um, The garbage cans were overflowing from the tailgate, not with, like, beer bottles, but with, you know, Jack Daniels and yeah, yeah. you know vodka, like really serious drinking had gone on. Well, have you been to uh, O.Co. the Coliseum recently in the last couple of years at all to see uh, an, an A's game? You know, no, I haven't. So here's what, and Anthony, I think, will agree with me now. Having um, he recently finished his 30 stadiums uh, uh, this year, he's now seen all 30 parks in the country as well. But my experience at Oakland was fascinating because you're right. This is not. This is a fact. Raider Nation 
are animals and they embrace it. They right. want to be animals. They, that is their identity. They've got the spikes. They've got the face paint. They've got, they start drinking at 6 a.m. Right. That's what they embrace. What I adore about the Coliseum is that it's one of my least favorite ballparks in the yeah, country. Yeah, it's awful. It's gross. They've ruined it. But the fans there have found a way, found a way to take the idea of the Raider Nation, the idea of that strong, passionate, vocal, you know, we're going to scare the hell out of the opposing team mentality without all the alcohol and without all just the mental instability. Right. And they make the most noise and they, they dress up in crazy costumes and they are, are unbelievable. I mean, the year that I went there, the Tigers the year before had just uh, um, uh, knocked them out of the playoffs. And I was a bit nervous to show up there with my Tigers hat. Right. And I got some playful, hey, what are you doing here, Detroit boy? And, but it was, as soon as I explained to them, they welcomed me in. They had me hitting the cowbells with them and cheering with them. And it was like, this is the best. This, it, I had more fun at that park. Within those, in the, you know, in those seats than any place else I'd ever been. And this year when I was there, they were, you know, they haven't, the A's haven't been very good this season in 2015, but. Um, After last year, which was. Yeah, which was so crazy, but they, it was still packed and it was, and they were totally into the game and it was a close game against the Angels. So it was like, you know, their division rival or whatever, but it was like, you would never have known that they had a losing record or, and had probably zero Well, I think it's because also it's harder to get drunk deep. 81 times a year. I think eight, eight times yeah. a year you can get smashed and whatnot, yeah. but 81 times a year it's, it's. Yeah, it's, I'm not sure you'd last an entire summer. No, if you, definitely if you not. So uh, I have privileged information just because you shared this via email when we were setting up the interview, but that you also have some Cubs history before between the Mets and the between Giants? Between the Mets and the Giants. So that, how did that happen? I moved to Chicago and I never... So we left New York in 1972 and I moved to Milwaukee and I wasn't... I couldn't get into the... That was when they were <laughs> well, in the American... The, was they the Braves the, then or the no, Brewers? No, it was the Brewers. The Brewers, the Brewers yeah. It was already the Brewers. Um, but I just couldn't get into an American League team, and they weren't very good. I'll just be honest. Um, and it was it was schlep to get there. I mean, we went to a few games, um, but it wasn't until I moved I moved to Chicago in 1983 that, mm. and the Cubs were still terrible. But I <laughs> I lived and worked like the Wrigley Field was like sort of right between work and home, and so on summer afternoons we would just go for a long lunch hour. Cause that was back when games were like two hours, yeah, two sometimes, hours. <laughs> sometimes 90 minutes. And yeah, you yeah. know, it wasn't good for us to be taking two hour lunches, but whatever. <laughs> Bleacher tickets were 350. Yeah. It, so, you know, we just, it just became this thing. It started out just as this thing that we did. And then I became a fan. And then in 84, 84 they, was a big year, 84, yeah. they were really good. And that was a really Jody Davis. Um, yep. That was a really fun year. He was your, he was your favorite player at the time or, or, no crush or no, no not crush um who was my favorite player? i don't even i don't remember if i had a ryan sandberg yeah ryan sandberg. yeah sure. yeah of course yeah um we have the same birthday but we're one year apart okay uh so yeah so i became i you know i was like whatever i'm dual loyalties although it's hard when they're you're both in the same league but um, I was. But so you maintained your Mets loyalty throughout the eighties. Yeah. Just kind of. This is my adopted hometown. This is my adopted team. When the Mets played the Cubs, I rooted for did, the Mets. Okay. Yeah. Now what about in then eighty six? Eighty six. I rooted for them. That was exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But sure. it wasn't. It wasn't like sixty nine. It wasn't like if I lived there. It wasn't like if I. You know, if I were. were it was kind of nice been, for them. But, yeah, and I. Yeah. Wa I mean, I watched a lot of games. I watched every World Series game. But you know, I it wasn't. It wasn't the same. Um, the eighty four was like was one of the 
recuperate heartbreaks because that team was so good and then they just folded. Yeah, the Cubs, well, yeah. The post season. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You would have come up against a certain AL power. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have mattered. But you know that yeah. uh, the Cubs, um, until 2003, they had not won a postseason series I know. since 1908. Because mm-hmm. there were no playoffs. Because, yeah. Well, yeah, it was just you win the pennant, you go play for the World Series. They, uh, 1945, they, they lost against the Tigres. Uh, 1935? I don't remember. I can't um, remember. Yeah. The, the, the Tigers, I think they, they faced the Tigers. They won against the Tigers. They won in 08. They yeah. won in 08 against the Tigers. In 45, yeah. they lost against them. I want to say they I think lost the Yankees, in 35 as well, or it may have been the Yankees. There was the Yankees. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, so 2003, the, the, to win the, 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 the NLDS mm-hmm. against the Braves, was that was a huge thing because yeah. it was the first time in almost 100 years since winning a postseason series. Well, so the I last time it. we were in the playoffs, we got swept in the first round both times. Right. But now at this point so, in your baseball history... I have, a, I have another Cubs connection, and oh, okay. I hope you and I don't disagree about this, but I became a Giants fan in, in 1993, the year they hired Dusty Baker and the year that they recruited Barry Bonds, who I will still defend. Um although it got harder and harder with more and more evidence. But anyway. Um, Ooh, we're going to get into this yeah, a little yeah. bit. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I loved Dusty Baker. Yeah. I lo- love, still, c- current tense. He's out of baseball, but I, he's still He'll be with, back. He, he can't I, be out oh forever. Oh, God, I hope so. No, he'll really, be back. He can't be out forever. He's so amazing. He's just such an amazing person. I got to profile him for San Francisco Magazine his first year, and then I profiled him his last year, and it was clear <laughs> You know, they just weren't, they, they hadn't recovered from losing in 2000. He'd taken them to the postseason a few times and they hadn't gone anywhere. He and Peter McGowan, then the managing partner, really didn't get along. And that had been clear for a while. Um, but then 02. Well, they, before they started doing so well in 02, there was a rumor that they were, they were gearing up to dump him. And it was tough because he'd just been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Oh, my God. I know. Um, so I had I had sports writers, you know, Giants beat writers tell me that that that, that had been the plan. And then he got sick um, off the record. Wow. Yeah. So they, he never disclosed that was never a public thing that he was fighting cancer or. Oh, it was public. Oh, it was that public. He was fighting yeah. cancer. It was not a public thing. Got it. <laughs> they were really yeah. trying to sure. think about, you know, how to part ways with him. Early that season, they weren't very good, and there were there were just there was just a lot of tension with the front office. And I had written this book. It was really a strange thing because the uh, the year the park opened, mid-season, they came to me and they were doing this picture book, basically. And they had a few essays, but they felt like they needed kind of narration of the mm. park. And so I got paid so little, but it didn't matter. And I got a f- full access pass. I could go into the clubhouse any, if I wanted, you know, sure. which I rarely did. But um, for me and for my daughter, because I canceled the vacation that I was supposed to take with her, and we just hung out at the ballpark and we had oh. second row seats every day and we just and we could sit anywhere we wanted at any time. Oh, I'm jealous. Um, That's a dream. Oh, I'm jealous. Was, it was a dream. How old is she at this point? She was 10. Are you kidding me? Once yeah. again, that's the sweet spot. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's Exactly. Wow. We had such a blast. I mean, there's I think there's some of her greatest memories, but I got to know the front office. They liked me. Um, and so in 2002, I went into this kind of, you know, it's Dusty Baker's 10th season. He just had cancer. You know, it's time for an appreciation. And I knew that there was some tension, but I had no idea what I was walking into. And, you know, he was kind of bitter. They were bitter. Uh, and then, like, as I was doing the story, they started winning. Yeah. 
And then it was sort of like all was forgiven. Yeah, but winning my, cures all. But my piece went into went into the tension and went into some of the racial and the class stuff. Yeah. And sort of a high and low point of my life was, I think it was game four of the 2002 World Series. Tim McCarver says, if you want to understand why Dusty Baker might not be back next year, you've got to read this San Francisco Magazine piece. <laughs> so they lose. They lose that. Fifth. It was seven games, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, but it was game six where it was it was the same inning. It was, yeah, the it, eighth inning. The eighth yeah. inning of yeah. game six. <laughs> I mean, I talked to Dusty about it after in 2004. It's like, do you, you know, I mean, he's a superstitious guy, so... He was really, you know, he was kind of reeling from it. It was yeah, terrible. Of course. How it was you know terrible. Uh, we, all were, we all were reeling. Oh, my that. God. I was with a friend who, the night that had the apartment, we went to a bar and he was not watching. He was so superstitious, he wouldn't watch any of the games. And so we dragged, he worked with a friend at Salon. We dragged him to a bar. We we're like, come on, you got to celebrate this. We get there in like the fifth inning, and then that happens. I mean, it was just like a nightmare unfolding. <laughs> yes. You know, Anthony busts on me all the time about that because I'm similar the the superstitions that I have of when I am allowed to and not allowed to watch the game. I will watch either the TV broadcast or the radio broadcast or the TV broadcast with the radio overlay, or I'm crazy the, when it comes how, to However that. you start, yes. if they're winning, exactly. you have to start. You have to stay. Oh, I, I Thank you. Yeah. Anthony is not in this uh, uh, mindset if, if with us. If you're in the stadium, you're allowed to change seats back in the day when you could because yeah. Candlestick was empty. You could change seats if they were losing, but if they're winning, you have to stay. Also, and this still works, I can't <laughs> go. I can only go get food or go to the bathroom when the Giants are batting. I love this woman. Yeah. yeah I, th yes. Thank you. See, you are wrong, sir. You're, it matters. That's fine. I'm somebody, you know, my... at 10, my team won the World Series because, because of me. You. Yes. So, you know, yes. yes. I was telling him that, that in 2012, 2012, when that happened, when the Tigers won the pennant, I was, I was standing in my apartment with a glove. And as they were pitching, I was pantomime pitching. And when they were batting, I was pantomime batting because that's it was working. And when I stopped doing that, they lost. And I, I take... I got yeah. I take full responsibility. I got the flu during that World Series, so I had to kind of watch that in from my bed. Oh, and so it's my fault. It, it is, I, I take yeah. thank yeah. I I'm thank you for understanding that. I, totally I take full it. responsibility, Tigers fans out there. I'm sorry for 2012. You just couldn't bring your all. I couldn't. I was I was sidelined. I was on the DL. They just ugh. yeah. But all right, I want to quickly go back for a second <laughs> because you brought up something interesting um, earlier about uh, um, the idea of Bob Clemente and the racial struggle that Willie and all these guys had. And now we're talking about Barry. And um, I've heard some things from some of my sports writer friends who had worked with Barry uh, during the height of that whole thing, early 2000s, just when, when he was hitting you know, home runs every five seconds yeah. and the steroid stuff was just starting to, to percolate. percolate. So I have two questions for you. One, did you interact with him at all during those years? Yes, I did. And he was always really nice to me. Okay. So this is perfect because the, the writers that I talked to, they say that because the, the, the idea of him is that he was kind of prickly and that he was not very good to the press. Right. And what they told me was they felt it was because they saw the way that, that 
Barry's father was treated and the way that Willie, Mays. Willie was treated yeah. and that that uh, Barry was around the clubhouse during those years and that he kind of was instilled in this from a very young age that the white reporters are, are, the are enemy. out to get you. Yes, and they are the enemy. Yep. And so when he became a, a superstar with the Pirates, you know, people were, were already not so much. They, he wasn't beloved the way Ken Griffey Jr. was or the, whoever else was. When McGuire started hitting all those home runs, he basically saw, hey, here's this white guy. I'm better than him. Right. I know I'm better than him. He's cheating. Well, I'm going to cheat too and show how much better I can be at him. Right. And it just, it fueled him with this, this anger. So with you, it's interesting that you didn't see that with him. And I'm curious, is it because you approached him differently? Did you make him feel better about, did you empathize with him in a way that other reporters kind of were more antagonistic? So one thing to say is that I never, <laughs> I never approached him as a reporter. When I was doing the book, I was told, don't even try to talk to Barry. Sure. And so I didn't, but I talked to Barry in the sense that I saw him taping his fingers once and he was just like in so much pain. And he was like, I'm, I'm in pain every day. Don't you understand? But in a nice way, don't you understand that? And then he was really nice to my daughter because she was around all the time. We're going to take just a brief break so that Anthony and I can tell you about our first giveaway. I have a 2016 baseball stadium's wall calendar for sale through TF Publishing. They're available at Amazon.com, Calendars.com, as well as your local Meyer Big Lots, Stop and Shop and more. I'll include all this info about how you can purchase one of my uh, calendars at my website, roundingthird.net. But for now, Anthony has a very exciting announcement to tell you all about. So uh, we're going to have our first giveaway. It's a giveaway contest. Here, It's very simple. Uh, we are always looking for more trivia questions to ask our our guests for their for the game that we play at the end um so if you have any cool trivia questions about your favorite team or about any team that you love or anything send them to us please at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com or on twitter at clubhouse pod and we will look through those and if we wind up using one of your questions we will give you a free signed wall calendar and it will be signed by Manish who was the photographer he will sign the Detroit Tigers Comerica Park picture and I will sign the Wrigley Field picture because I am a diehard Cubs fan so send us your questions please and uh, good luck if you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast welcome for more great baseball conversations take a look at our archives like our chat with actor Mackenzie Aston. Mackenzie had so many stories that we had to break his episode up into two parts in this clip, Matt tells us a story about a prank pulled on Kirk Gibson of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So the Tigers, uh, I guess, got into a little trouble with collusion and uh, were uh, disallowed from uh, retaining uh, Kirk Gibson in uh, 1987. And so he was a free agent for the 1988 season and, uh, and he signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And on the first day of spring training, uh, Jesse Orozco, who had recently arrived from the Mets, uh, thought it'd be funny to take some shoe polish and put it on the inside of uh, Kirk Gibson's cap uh, so that when uh, Kirk Gibson put his cap on, the shoe polish would come off on his forehead. And when he took his cap off, the shoe polish would still be there and all the fans <laughs> in the stands would see that big black mark on his face. And so it happened. And Kirk Gibson uh, got real upset about it. 
and stormed into the dugout and told the manager, Tommy Lasorda, that he wasn't going to put up with this kind of hijink stuff because his whole goal was to be there to win a dang championship and that people had better stop messing around like this or else uh, it's just not going to work. And that changed the tone of the whole season. And now back to our chat with Joan Walsh. So your experiences working with Barry were a little bit different than some of the stories that I have heard. So can you just kind of go into um, uh, what that was like for you and how you approached him? Well, you know, I was working when I was working on the Giants book, I I was around a lot. And so I observed two things. I did observe the, the really toxic dynamic with the press where he wasn't very nice to them, but they were kind of awful and always kind of asking gotcha questions. Uh, and what would a gotcha question be of a Baseball about ba- yeah, I don't, I don't like, even remember. But there was just a, there was you just, struck out, didn't you? <laughs> no, what it is? It's it's you needle them about you ask them about it's it's after a game when they maybe didn't have much to do with that game and you should be talking to somebody else, but they're the superstar, uh, and so right. you're gonna go and ask them the question. Where I've seen a lot of athletes that'll scream like, "Don't talk to me. Go talk to that guy. He's the guy that you should be talking to, right? Because I'm the one who's gonna get you headlines, and I'm the quote you want to use. I'm angry too. We just lost, or we just did whatever. Give me my space." So when you enter into it, that already antagonistic relationship, yeah. it just, it's a powder keg at that point. Well, I think, yeah, it was in 2000. Um, Rick Riley wrote this piece, of, like, I'm Barry Bonds and you're not, about what, a, what an arrogant oh, yeah. ass he was. And, you know, I think he praised Jeff Kent. And I think that, that was Kent's, I think it was his MVP year. He was amazing. But it was like you watch Jeff Kent work the reporters. He could kind of be a jerk, too. Um, but that, especially that season, he, he really was, was working on his media skills. And I did, I wrote this piece, like if Jeff Kent were black, you know, yeah. if Jeff Kent were black, it was, it's just like, it just felt so obvious. And there, there was just such a, I mean, knowing about the history with his dad and with Willie Mays, it was just kind of obvious to me what was going on. However, when I worked on the book, I never tried to talk to him. I tried to talk to him once for Dusty Baker for my first Dusty Baker story. Never got a response, so I never did deal with him as a reporter. If I were just another reporter, maybe he maybe he would have been a jerk to me. Mm. But I just was around the I was around the dugout. I would hang out in the, in the dugout for batting practice, just the things that you would do if you could do that. Amazing, you know, always there for <laughs> Dusty's for Dusty's pregame press conference, um, and. I would make conversation with him. And so that's, we. he was very kind to me. He was very, he was like one day kind of ribbing me. You, did you play basketball? You should have. Look at you. You look so athletic. You're so tall. What a waste. And, you know, it, not, and it wasn't creepy or anything. Yeah, yeah, it was, right, right. It, you know, and he was really sweet to my daughter. Um, and so, you know, I, I, that was my experience. But I use that experience. I mean, so many sports writers Hatred of Barry really is, you know, steeped in there, not doing well with him. So I'm like, I like Barry because Barry was nice to me. Sure. But you know what, though? That's no, but those yeah. are very important stories to tell. It's it's why I tend to not tell a lot of stories about the interactions I've had with athletes that were negative. Because I always figured, look, I don't know what day I caught him on. I don't know right. if he was having an argument with his wife or if he stubbed his toe or if what, or if he's just thinking about whatever it is he's thinking about. And so he was, look, I'm ornery sometimes. I, I get angry sometimes. And if my only interaction with you is on a day where I'm upset, you're going to go for the rest of your life and say, oh, that Manny, she's a real jerk, you know, right. whatever. Right. So I think it, it, most of the stories I've heard about Barry are about him being negative. And I think it's insanely important to hear things like your interaction with him because at the end of the day, 
he was this white hot just rocket ship at that point. I mean, he was the the center of the baseball world and for better or for worse, you know, and he wasn't the only one doing the things that that everyone, you know, the doing the right. steroids, doing the HGH, doing all that nonsense, but he was the one that people were going to attack. And right. when you add the racial Well, because of the the because he broke the record too. So that's We all know, loved yeah. Sammy and Maguire. Sosa and Maguire it was. No, no, I meant I meant broke the all time. Yeah, yeah, the all time record. But yeah, but you know what though, sixty one to me was just as as yeah. mythical yeah. as as uh, Aaron's. You know, it's it's. I just think that when you add that racial component, and I I, I think that. Well, Sammy, Sammy's not white. Yeah, he's not white, but he also Sammy was. It's kind of. Did you ever see uh, uh, Do the Right Thing? Of course. Um, so there's a line John Turturro uh, is is saying in that where the, him and I believe it's Spike's character. I'm not sure which which character he's talking to, but they're talking about oh, what about like Michael Jordan? He's a guy. He's one of the good ones. Right. It's that you can yeah. always have one of the good ones. You can have oh yeah, he's the one that it's okay to like. Right. But you know, really, you can't have more than that, and you get one every generation. And like I said, and, and Sammy really did come. He had kind of that aloof baseball. Been very very good to me. Like you know the kissing the sky with his right. fingers and he he played into a lot of the that yes. Barry didn't do that and Barry didn't need to do that. You don't need to be that type of of player to be, you know, uh uh at least respected. But I still hate the man with every fiber of my being because <laughs> of the steroids. Like I well, let me rephrase. I hate the player. Right. I don't know the man. I've never met right. the man. Which is why I think it's important for stories like yours to come out because I'm sure he's a very decent, loving to his family, caring, good friend, etc. But when he stepped between those lines, I I don't know if I'll ever be able to forgive what he did. You know, it's 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 tough for me to reconcile. You know, and I I, I don't know how do you do it? How do you uh, you know look at the numbers, the just gaudy, disgusting video game cartoonish numbers that he put right. up? And and I don't know. Yeah, I I'm not sure that he would have broken the record without. I don't. He probably he would probably would not have broken the record without yeah. without steroids. I I yeah. think it's fair to say that. And I've listened to enough people who I respect who I don't think are coming to it with any kind of animus against him personally or racial animus, to say the least. Um, to to have come to understand it. I I guess I take the. It, it was it was a generation, and I was in. The, I mean, I didn't know anything was going on, but I was in that clubhouse with Marvin Bernard and Armando Rios, and you know all these mediocrities batting two fifty, who were also you know in the Mitchell Report. So, a lot of people in that generation of ballplayers was doing it too. Were doing yeah. it too, and they still weren't putting up Barry Bonds like numbers. Yeah, I mean, so he was the, still it, the best. Yeah, whether he would have broken. You, the, yeah, you have to have the eye. And you have to have the eye-hand coordination. But what we've talked about this before that somebody explained it to me too that it does it doesn't make you stronger in terms of your big muscle, but it also your 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 fast twitch muscle. So it also can affect your bat speed. I so it, still, I'll at, never forget at the forget. age of the age when you would regress just right. naturally that he was continuing to. And I've seen improve. that. I've seen yeah, that those curve. statistics how most players go and how he went yeah. in a different direction. So yeah. I, I I believe that, and I will say that his swing. I oh, no, I course. can still picture it. Oh, it I've never. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was be no, he, the sound of the the sound of the ball off the bat was different. Everything yeah. was different. But now I do accept that that was not all art. Or well, I'll maintain that. You know, look, I hated him when he was a pirate. I've been hating on him for. I'm old school hatred of player. But that's just 
baseball because he was beating you. Yeah, that's yeah. just baseball fan in you. Where I, you know, there's plenty of guys. I hated Jeter for his entire career until he retired. You know, there's that's 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 the playful ribbing hatred. That's the I use the word hate, but it's really it's it's sports hate. Right. It's 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 a respect hate. It's a oh man, if you were on my team, right, oh boy, I'd I'd, love I'd be you. Yeah, I'd be wearing and your I... jersey and 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 do all that. <laughs> but with 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 Barry, I just think that, and you're right, because it's not it's absolutely not fair that he's the one that gets singled out when so many of them were doing it. So right. many of them. Were well, doing but it. it's because, again, it's because the numbers. It's because it's the numbers. numbers. And and for me, so my you know, I'm part of a generation where my slugger was Ken Griffey Jr. Right. And Ken Griffey Jr. was my idol as a kid, and had he taken, I am. 99, I can never say 100% anymore, but I'm 99.9 repetent percent that Griffey Jr. never took steroids. Right. One of my reasons of thinking that is because the injuries. Because that's he did the, get, cause that, right. Because they, he got injured so much. Had he stayed he on the field, fit. he would have had 800 home runs, but he never got it. I mean, he could never play a full season. Right. And with Barry, that just wasn't ever a problem. But I mean, the, he had superhuman healing. But we were talking too about, I think we said it another time when we'd been talking about Barry is that he was already an all-time great player. 500 home runs, 500 steals. Yeah. Only player in the yeah. history of Major League Baseball to be in that club. Yeah. In fact, he's the only player to be in the 400 home run, 400 steal club. Right. So, I mean, like I said, he, he, he was great. He was already all-time great. He was great, great yeah. as a pirate. And I'm sorry. I know people say, well, it, you know, it doesn't invalidate. I, I think it does invalidate. I genuinely believe that inval it invalidates it because I don't know. I mean, had he retired before he ever, because I have no idea when he started. So yeah. let's just say he retired the year he went from the Pirates to the Giants. He would have been a Hall of Very Good. He would have been a, a on the ballot several years, whatever. Well, people don't think he started in, or in a serious way until 98, until the Yeah, online. probably until that's, the, well, what's the yeah. But we don't know. Like, that's, that's, we don't that's, know. That's, yeah. that's the, but that's when you start to see the differences in yeah. his yeah. body. No, that's, that's, the, yeah. you know. That's my head didn't get any bigger as I got older. Did you guys? No, no, no. I'm, I'm shrinking. Doesn't tend to. Yeah, I'm, your I'm nose crazy. continues to grow as you go yeah. older, and your ears. But I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like I say, Barry is someone that that I I I go back. The older that I get, I go back and forth on. Where you know, while it was happening, I so did not want him to break the record. I, I just I was, I was so there. it it. You were what? I'm sorry. I was there. You, you were, were there when the when the when game he broke the record. They played uh, what was Ecstasy of Gold as he rounded the bases. I don't think I'll ever forget that. I mean, Ecstasy forget. of Gold? That's a song? Yeah. I don't remember. See, I got a memory of it. I've got a memory of... of, of I, don't even, I don't know the song, so, that, but I don't... Of just that, of him rounding the bases. And, and I was sitting in my apartment in Detroit, just dejected and sad. I was and sad. just... Now, now, have you talked to... I mean, I got to meet Willie Mays. I've, I've talked about mm -hmm. this before in the clubhouse. He came to the rent set. I didn't ask him about Barry Bonds and all that stuff, yeah. but I'd be curious. Have you ever? I did. I interviewed him once. Uh, he's kind of curmudgeonly. He, he's, he's. He was not curmudgeonly to me at all. Also, I mean, I had a great experience talking to really? him. Really? He See, was this super. Is why I love these type of stories. Yeah. Right. Your interaction is going to be different than his. Yeah. Right. I mean, again, I was maybe because I wasn't a reporter. Yeah. I mean, you know. I think that's true because I've heard nice things. I've heard very good things about him from people who've interacted with him, especially. In these later years, you know, I think he had a few, he had some bitter years. Sure. Um, but that's what I tried to ask him about sympathetically. And he was just like, uh, no, I'm not going there. But you know, at the end of the day, I don't blame these guys. Like I said, I don't, no. when, when, when I heard no. the stuff about Barry, like my writer friends who were telling me this, were telling me this with kind of this, you know, that's his excuse for being mean. I'm like, that's a pretty legitimate excuse. Yeah. yeah. That's a, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I, 
it, that's kind of when I started softening on him, the person, in the right. sense where I was like, oh, no, I'm starting to feel bad for Barry Bonds. I've, I, I get it. I, I don't know how I would have reacted if I saw my father, my godfather, being just treated in such a way that I saw other white players not being treated that way. Right. And you just you grow up with that 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 shell around you and these that, guys that want nothing good for you. Exactly. And, and so opposite. I'm, you know, and then to be proven that, you know, because now Mark McGuire, everyone's talking about great Mark McGuire is. Why aren't you talking about how great I am? Right. I'm a lot better than this guy. Yeah. Right. I've been better than this guy yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. Right. You know, well, everyone's out to get me. I'm going to I'm going to prove it to him that I'm right. Better. Now, do you, with your current job, do you, do you, you don't write about sports at all currently? Or? No, I think that the Dusty Baker, I, I might be wrong about this, but I, I'm pretty sure the Dusty Baker piece, the last Dusty Baker piece was the last big sports thing I did. And <laughs> I was like, I, my fandom is too important to me. To, yeah, to interfere. To or, interfere. Yeah, yeah. The, the the little bit of writing I've done, except except for talking to Dusty, just made me feel you know like it, the more I know, because I I really had hard feelings with the Giants when they when they mm. fired Dusty, and that's how I was, and I was with the Giants chaplain. I would have rooted for the for the Cubs over the Giants if they had met, because remember they got to the postseason sure. too. Yeah, that same get, season. Yeah, they didn't get yeah. to the championship. They lost in the first round. I would have absolutely rooted for the Cubs. The Marlins, yeah, the they, Marlins. They lost yeah, to the Marlins. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So yeah. when okay, so you, so you kind of fell out, fell out of love with yeah. the Giants at that time. And I had partial season tickets, and I didn't go to very many games, even though. How long were, did this last? How long did this kind of uh, breakup last? In this kind of. Uh... I was pretty tepid until 2009, and then and look, they were terrible in in 2000. Eight. I I I, I you know last I, place I believe right yeah no, 2007 I, I think they were last place the year I think the worst year was the year after Barry left okay. it was like they Barry was gone they hadn't rebuilt <laughs> um and you know 2007 I'll admit I probably did go to more games because I did I'm not going to pretend that I wasn't happy he was going to break the record <laughs> even though you're shaming me oh it's all right it's okay <sighs> um I didn't take the steroids um anyway I'm not saying you did Barry uh <laughs> if you're listening oh, come on now as a fan at this point it's pretty much you need to it's be able pretty, to admit it's pretty established I yeah. yeah I mean here's what you can say you take the steroids but they weren't illegal at the time you know, there was no explicit ban on the substances that you were taking. So you do have a little bit of wiggle room there. Thank you. you. Little, Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm shaming but helping. Shaming. shaming and helping. That's great. That's really <laughs> passive aggressive. <Yes. laughs> I'll you've, remember you've, that. You've learned Munish's style. <laughs> yes. Now I know. But so you come back in 2009. Yeah, because which, I mean, that young team was so awesome. I mean, I had... Pan Panda, my daughter and I had panda hats before there were official panda hats. People, you know, fans in the street just sewed them up. They were $5 and we were like, you know, wow. he funny. was incredible. And Lincecum was unbelievable yeah. and Kane. And it was, you know, you really saw, I think they wound up in third place, but they were over 500 and they, they were kind of in it. I, my birthday is September 18th. You, you know, put that on your calendars. Um, <laughs> but like my, my memory metric is always like are they in it at my birthday or not 
They were in it at my birthday, but I think that they fell out like, you know, right around there. See, my birthday is usually World Series week, so I haven't been able to (laughs) celebrate in that way, except, sorry. Mine's early. We're all fall babies. I'm I'm October 4th, so So I've always got, the playoffs are always happening there, so the Tigers are played on my my birthday several times. I have dreams of watching the Cubs in World Series on my my birthday. Yeah, that'll be this year. So, so, yeah, because 08 and 09 were the last years that the Cubs were, good too before now although oh nine they kind of collapsed again but um so so that's right when you guys turned around right started to turn around obviously right. and then now, at 10. this point though sorry but at this point in the in the 2000s were the cubs kind of a oh, a backup nice. team well, yeah were they kind of oh it'd be nice uh, where, yeah. at this point where were you with the cubs and yeah because yeah like oh seven and oh eight were really good seasons well with the cubs us. and the mets though because the mets were good in the mid 2000s as well well the mets i i totally rooted for the giants over the mets in 2000 but we lost right but in 2006 um, when the mets were in it and i don't believe the giants were uh, were you able to yeah i you know if the if the mets or the cubs were in it and the giants weren't they were my team yeah but it's not the same it's but just, it's not it's, nearly no i'm not gonna a, pretend hey i'll be happy for this fan yeah and, and i'll, I'll pay and i will definitely pay more attention i will look you know i will look at not the i don't my i don't look at the box scores anymore i'm sad to say or i almost never do anymore but i, I you know i'll look at the standings i'll be i'll be kind of keeping track of you know or, or where they are um by the end of the season not all season but once they're you know once they're good i'm paying attention in the postseason i'm making plans to watch games on tv um, so, you know, I, that's the kind of fan I, I am with my secondary teams. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Quick aside, when did you think you stopped following box scores? Cause that's an interesting, uh, that you used to be very into it and now, uh, it's you don't- really interesting. Um, probably 2002. I'm, I think it's because it's the, it's the internet. I think the internet killed box scores. Cause for me, I'm, I mean, I'm back into box scores now a lot more than I was. Right. But when I was a kid, I would rush to the newspaper and just study the box scores, especially when the Tigers were on the West coast and you'd have to wait an extra day to find right. out what exactly happened. And I would study those box scores. But when the internet came around, you can get them at any time. Yeah, and it becomes, right, you know, I, I have them on my phone. Yeah, anytime yeah. I the wanna. ease of having it, I just stopped. Because it's always there, and so you don't have to seek it out. Right. So I think that's it's interesting, interesting that it was 2002 because it's it's that is about the time when you know a lot of the websites started publishing the box right. scores regularly. And right. See, the internet's not. Oh, I mean, the internet can be fantastic, but it can also make us very lazy, and it can make us very. Because it's uh, all everything's yeah, always it's there. Just always there. But it's cool that I was I was in Korea in 2010 when the Giants and the Rangers were in the World Series. Yeah. And my a really good friend of mine is a huge Rangers fan, so I'd be. In the whatever, in the early morning, watching the night game because it's you know a thirteen-hour time difference on in my hotel room on my computer, while right. being able to talk to my friend, you know, IMing my friend who's watching the who's a Rangers fan. You know, what I mean, right. that's something that we couldn't. Oh have done, no, look, you know? I'm I mean, not, that's an incredible. We've thing. done it before on this program, but MLB at bat. I don't know if you've got yeah, the, the for, MLB yeah. TV. It's yeah. it's my lifeblood. It's it's connected to my veins basically. It's yeah. on my phone, my iPad, my PS4, right. my laptop. 24 hours a day right so it's no i love the internet but the box score thing much yeah. like we've talked about this before on the show the internet also ruined baseball cards like i was a huge baseball card nerd when i was a kid and the internet kind of took away that need for having that because that's how you right. burn the stats but now you got the internet right you know or like baseball almanacs i'd buy a baseball yeah almanac every, every year, year. yeah and that's true so it's just you know look, things progress you know where that's that's we need to be moving forward but still i miss some of my old you know Tradition. So in yeah. 10, did you guys win the division? I can't remember if you were a wild. I know you're a wild card team 
we won the division, division in last, yeah. wow. last day 12 and 14 yeah right. last day of the season we we lost a bunch of game it was really like we, we were we'd been doing really well and we were about to have to go into a one game wild card if we didn't win but we won and I, I was there I took my little nephew back when he liked baseball it was that was that was really exciting wait what happened he's too cool for baseball oh. excuse me nephew I hope you're what is your nephew's name Patrick Patrick you better make sure Patrick listens to this Patrick how old is he uh, 18, he just... He, oh, he just oh you're a grown man now. Patrick... It's time to come back. I'm insanely disappointed in you, young man. Oh, God, you need this to is come to... Shame. See, Manish likes oh, to shame. shame. Shame, baby. Shaming. Well, I'm going to shame you into coming to a ballpark, because you know what? Nobody has a bad time at a ballpark. Also, nobody who liked it as a kid is ever... No. It, it's never out of your system entirely. Sure. You can reactivate it as I a, left baseball for a couple years. It's I kind of did, too. Yeah, I left baseball for a couple years. It's happened a couple times in my life. Those post, Milwaukee years. Yeah, college. Well, post-94, you know? the strike really hurt me. Right. The strike, I, I you know, and then I went Ugh. through it. Yeah, so there's been a couple times where I've left baseball, but you always come back. It's always back. So, yeah. Patrick. Patrick, you can come back. You can come back. We'll, we'll welcome you back with, with open arms. So, 10, 12, so these even, these even year championships. Yeah. It, <laughs> how, how do you feel? Here's, no, like, here's, how actually, here's, the, here's the thing that I'm more interested in. How does your head not fall off your body from in the excitement? In 9, 11, and 13. Those are the years that I lost talk, like, talking to Giants fans about. Because as we were, we were talking a little bit off mic, I'm ultimately... 50 years from now, when someone writes a book about this era of the Giants, I cannot wait for it because 2009, you know, don't make the playoffs. 2010, World Series. 2011, don't make the playoffs. 2012, World Series. 2013, don't make the playoffs. 2014, win the World Series. With primarily the same core group of guys, it's not like you were, you know, uh, um, you know, right. we had a superstar now, he got injured. No, it's primarily the super... Well, the, Buster Posey. T 2011, I understand. That was, sure. that, to me, that was Posey. To when he got hurt. When he got yeah. hurt. Um, you know, May, tw May 25th, some things I remember. Um, so that year makes more sense to me. I don't know what happened in 2013. And this year, you know, they're still in it. They, they look, they kind of look like they did last year. I could see them pulling it out, but I'm not, you know. Um, well, in 2014, what was, so after the 2013 kind of just whatever, in 2014, what was your... How did I start the season? Yes. I go to spring training every oh, for I love you. 20, in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Scottsdale. Yeah. 20 this was our 20th year. My I've taken my daughter 20 <gasps> seasons in a row. You so are the best mom. That is thank you. Awesome. She's 25 now and I still pay for her to go. That's that so nice. is amazing. What's your daughter's name? Nora. Nora, you have the best and coolest mother. That is so sweet. That is, that is, oh my goodness. 20 years going to spring training. Spring training. She was six. She was six and she had, had a little Power Rangers backpack and <laughs> we talked to Dusty and. What's your favorite part of spring training? Um, watching them uh, work on the field, watching batting practice, but then watching them put the field together. I'm just mesmerized by it. And it's so beautiful. I mean, it's really great now because I'm coming from New York. But coming from San Francisco, it wasn't that big a shift of weather. But coming from New York in March, sure. it's, it's, yes. it's just so glorious. It but just even, fills you with life. It just fills you with the rebirth and yeah. the warmth in there. <laughs> yeah. Baseball's back. I'm, I'm dreading November. I November is the most the worst. It's the most depressing month in the year. We hot lose, stove, baby. Hot stove. 
We lose yeah. daylight savings time uh-huh. and we lose baseball. It's, it's the really the most melancholy. Yeah, I've always felt that way. So we, I, 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 I have another, I just have another question. Though. Okay. I, I, I want to talk to her yeah. for six hours, but ugh. I'll come back. Yes. Um, Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. <laughs> I just, when I watch him pitch, I'm confused. I'm honestly confused because it doesn't look like he's doing anything extraordinary right. when he pitches. You know, sometimes when you watch certain pitchers, the ball moves in yeah. this incredible way. Yeah, I mean, way. Lincecum in his, in his yeah. prime was... And, you know, you can see things happening. When I watch him pitch, it doesn't look like anything's happening, and then he dominates. Right. I don't understand. I was hearing yesterday I was, uh, yesterday in the game right, that, um, that one of the commentators was saying, like, he, has this, he does have a strange arm movement, an unusual... Like he, his arm goes behind his body. Yeah, when so he, he hides the ball. So maybe somehow, like, but like for a left hander, it like slings it pretty far back, and maybe that's part of it. I don't know. It's confusing to me. I have no idea, but, but it he's it's unfair. I just, I mean, when he came out in Game Seven, oh my when he came out of the the bullpen and just walked on the field, it was like I knew we were going to win. Yep. Yeah. And it and it felt unfair to me. Yep. It felt <laughs> he, he is a god. I mean. He can five do anything. Inning save. A five-inning save. A the five. only five-inning save in the history of yeah. uh, the postseason. And and if it wasn't for that Salvi bomb, if it wasn't for Salvador Perez's solo shot in the seventh inning in game one, I mean, the man would have had an entire World Series uh, uh, record shut of... Up. I mean, yeah, he would have had a shutout, which yeah. is just... It's mind-blowing to me because the Salvi bomb was at the end of his... He, he was at the end. It was kind of like, ah, man, Shit. just take him out one... One pitch. Pitch one earlier. Batter. And, I mean, he already did make history, but... 150 years from now, they would have been talking about Madison, and maybe they still, they, will. Still will. Yeah, they, yeah. they still will. They maybe still will because I also love the fact he's just like a hillbilly. I love him. He's just like this. He's just this gruff looking. He doesn't look like you know much as far as like that's an athlete. No, he just looks like. I actually saw him walking down the streets of New York near Rockefeller Center last year. It turned out that it was his birthday. Huh? But he's giant too. He's giant. He's wearing a, just wearing a t-shirt. He looks like a country boy tourist that you you know you wouldn't. Yeah think twice of except to say yeah there's another country boy tourist yeah. but yeah. did you read that michael powell story in the times where he went and he found his dad he you know in north carolina and he watched a game with i love yeah. michael powell i mean before he was a sports writer yeah. he was a great city reporter i just mm. think he's terrific um and i was sad when he went to sports but he's always doing great things um but he just, you know, hung out with his dad. It was just like the best story, That's the best funny. of the New York Times. And so, can you tell Hunter Pence to cut his beard? No. He looks crazy. No. I like Hunter I Pence want, a lot. I want him to have the biggest, craziest it's beard craziest to go beard. along with the craziest no, eyes. I, I think I, we need to talk to him because Brian Wilson. Yeah. No, beard, no, 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 no. Hold on. Wait a minute. Brian Absolutely yeah. not. No, 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 no. Brian Wilson grew that beard. That beard was Brian Wilson. He was the gimmick. Like that was, it yeah. was, look at my beard. I'm and he a cool died beard blue. guy. He died at blue, right? Yeah, he was, the, the beard controlled him. Yeah. Hunter Pence is a feral beast. He's he's controlling the beard, you're right. He's got the eyes, he's got the, I mean, I adore, it's why, honestly, in 2012, when, when you know, uh, you guys beat us, it was so difficult for me to hate you guys. I, yeah. I wanted to hate you guys. I needed to But there's nobody on the team to hate. There's it no is such a hate. lovable team. Yeah. yeah. It is, I mean, it's, it's, I love Bochi. Yeah. I adore Bochi. I love Pence. I love Kane. I love Lincecum. I love. Uh, it's. I know. I have Buster Posey on my keeper oh, league Posey's fantasy amazing. team. I got him. Posey's I got him on a, a flyer when he was a rookie. Oh I've, wow! I've had him all the He's time. He's gonna yeah. be a ninety-nine percent yeah. Hall of Famer. He's yeah. gonna be a ninety-nine yeah. percenter. He's yeah. gonna be a, a surefire first ballot 
it's it's he's gonna go down as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. yeah. It's and okay, we do we have to get our get to our trivia game, but um I wanna ask um um I wanna ask uh, just quickly your your thoughts on uh uh Pablo and how he left. Tragic, tragic, yeah. tragic. I mean, everyone knew it was gonna happen and What that he was gonna leave you? That mean, he was or? gonna fall apart. No, I didn't I oh. didn't think he was gonna leave. I you know it, it was so sad and he's done so poorly and you know for whatever reason he felt like he had to take some shots at people yeah. when he got to boston which was really stupid i mean he did say nice things about bochi but um you know it just he, he he was a kid who just wasn't getting good advice i mean all the way through and he really did resent the the stress that they put on his weight but i think they were right i mean yeah. i remember seeing him at spring training i want to say 2011 and Bochi was kind of talking to him kind of teasing him and he's like oh I'm gonna go run now coach I'm gonna go run and he, you know kind of lumbers and you know then laughs and you know ah, ah, it was really funny but you know he he it was 2010 that he didn't start yeah, the world's I mean, the post, he, you know, he was yeah. he, he, he was had benched, right? real yeah. problems yeah. and he really resented the attention that they paid to it. And he said Boston was going to, you know, give him carte blanche. <laughs> well, yeah, and well for me. I mean, they would have they would have built a statue for that guy. Yeah. I mean, he, oh, he, he was so beloved. Yeah, they would have built a statue for him. Yeah, it's it weird. was such bad, bad advice. So now it comes time for our trivia game, which Anthony, would you like to explain a little bit how this trivia game goes? So you get four questions. First question, they, they ramp up in difficulty. First question would be a single. Second question would be a double. Third would be a triple. Fourth would be a home run. So it's possible you could score four runs for the San Francisco Giants. We've been, wow. We've been having, you know, everybody, you're, you're scoring it for your team. Okay, right? I'll try to do better then. Yeah. So we have had one person do all four, and it was the Rockies of all teams. So well, they don't have much history. history. Thank you. Like... Thank you. That's exactly. I'm the one who comes up with these questions, and yeah. I spent hours upon hours trying to find it. Exactly. I could probably find it. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> it was impossible uh, to find any questions that. Yeah. So. All right. But all right. So here you go. Leading off for the San Francisco Giants, the shortstop number 18, Joe. <laughs> All right, here we go. This first single. How many times did Dusty Baker win the NL Manager of the Year award? Three. Okay. Clean. Got a nice smash single, but there's single. an option to steal. It's a new part of the game. Yes. If you remember? Yes, that's right. You have an option to steal. You don't have to answer this question. Basically, once I ask the question, it won't be an out. It yeah. won't be an out. Okay. Yeah, that's the other thing. We get three outs. You get three stealing. outs. Yes, you cannot get caught stealing. So basically, if you don't want to, if you don't think you know the answer, just don't answer. Okay. What years did he win those three, and for which team? So tell me the years that he won it, and uh, which teams uh, that he won the manager of the year for. She looks troubled. I am troubled because you're saying teams. 14. 90, 93, 97, and two thousand. Four. The Giants. There we go. Yeah. Man on second. Because there was a possibility he could have. He could have. He I mean, could have made it. He managed multiple teams. Oh no, my the, God. The Cubs, if, he'd won, I mean, if they'd won in 2003. Oh yeah, no, he absolutely yeah. would have. But but still. All right, right. So we got a man on second right. now. Man, man on, on second. second. All right. So a double will score this runner. Yes. Okay. 
for sure. Sometimes, yeah, okay. Uh, so after moving to San Francisco in 1958, the Giants played in what stadium before moving to Candlestick Park? Seal Stadium. That, yeah, it was a good smash double smash off the double. top off of the wall. wall. Off the wall. Rattled around a little bit. Slow lumbering runner. So a run has scored. A run sense. has scored. So yeah, gentlemen. Seal Stadium, this board. was a minor league ballpark that was built for night games with six tower banks, which were described as the best in minor league baseball at the time, but there were only 18,600 seats in Seal Stadium. Wow. It's pretty small seating capacity. You know, they jumped over to Candlestick, and I think it jumped up to like 43, 44. Yeah, I mean, the footprint of Seal Stadium, you can't believe what it was. Like, I'm always, I would ask, like, wait, it was where? Because it's really small. All right. So we got a man on second now. A, a run is in. It's getting a little tougher now. Okay. Who was the first Japanese player to appear in a major league game? Oh, f <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. We can bleep. We can bleep things. It's okay. <laughs> oh, her hands are, are on, on her face right now. <laughs> so it's the first Japanese player to appear in a major league game. I know. I'm just blanking. Gonna he played for the Giants in, in, in 1964. No, I know who it is. Oh, I want to give you her a hint. can't think of the name. I'm not yeah. sure if I can give her a hint. No, no, no. It starts with an M. M. No. Yeah, no, I know. I No. Oh, no. All right. Well, that's, that's strike. All right, that's, 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 that's out, number, out number one. All right. You want to even take a guess? I mean, just think of a, think of a Japanese player that you know. <laughs> I'm just completely blanking on his name. Oh, no. It's a high pop fly two. into the pitcher's glove. Yeah. Okay, so that's out number two. Strike one. No, wait. Two. No, no, you don't. She doesn't get three. She has another batter. No. She has oh, that's to right. Get this sorry. Right. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. You that's forget right. how to play this game every that's time. That's true. You I'm have sorry. to get this right. You have to, get to, to move on to the next one. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Oh. No, that's not true. You want to just move on? No, we, we. No, no, it's okay. All right, we can move on. No, normally, I don't want special. Normally, we do it when it's you. You got three outs to get it, but because you know we give people right. chances to I'm guess. That's right. Yes. I see. Yeah, so here's so what I'll do. That's the three outs. Three outs. Ball game over. But I'll ask you the home run question. But let's. Just, you got to answer the triple question. I'm going to ask you the home run question just to see. But the the I, name was Masanori Murakami. Murakami. No. He actually was in the Burkino Baseball Clubhouse uh, a couple months ago. Oh, cool. He came here for a very special event. Oh, Unbelievably sweet guy. Really, really nice guy and just still in really good shape, too. Looks good. Um, but uh, he uh, debuted for the Giants, uh, let's see here, in 19, on September 1st, 1964. Wow. He pitched a scoreless eighth inning for the Giants and a 4-1 to one loss to the New York Mets at Shea Stadium. All right, but so here's the home run question. Unfortunately, hey, the Giants are on the board. They got to run. Yeah. They get shut out. That's pretty cool. That's good, yeah. The Giants have been a part of New York and San Francisco over the course of their franchise. Those are the two cities they've uh, been in. But it began in, in 1883 in New York. The team's nickname was not changed to the Giants until 1885. Do you know what the franchise name was for the first two seasons, from 1883 to 1885? No, I, I don't. It's a hard question. It's a home run question. It's yeah, got to be really hard. I, I, no, I want to know. What they was... were called the New York 
Gothams. The Gothams. How cool is That's that? Great yeah. No disrespect to the Giants. No, the yeah. Gothams. Would... The Gothams. I mean, it would have been a little bit different when they moved to San Francisco. Gotham just City. But yes, the Gothams. That's Someone awesome. needs to embrace that name. The Gothams yeah. is, is fantastic. All right, so we are running just painfully low on time, unfortunately. I'm telling you, I could talk to you for hours. This is Likewise, so cool. It's really fun. Um, so normally the way we end the show is by asking people to kind of tell us their their favorite memory of being a baseball fan, their their quintessential that moment where you're like, this is it doesn't have to be a game that you went to or anything like that, but just that that feeling, that moment where you're like, oh yeah, this is why baseball is the greatest sport in the history of creation. It was my birthday, 1997. The Giants were battling the Dodgers. They were behind the Dodgers, but only by, I think, I think by a game. I think that, anyway, uh, 12 or 13 innings, Rod Beck pitching his heart out. Brian Johnson, number 18, he was number 18, um, hit a home run, unlikely hero on my birthday. I was there. I took my daughter out of school. It was a walk-off? It was a walk-off. Yeah. That's... Took my yes. daughter out of school. She was seven. Was there with my two best friends on my birthday. That's a great. I reiterate, best mom ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to graduate school. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has oh, been. Oh, thank you for ride. asking me. It was really fun. We're gonna have to have you on multiple more times. I didn't get a chance to ask you played baseball at all, but we'll. No. We'll we'll get to all a lot of much cooler stories on the next episode. But for now, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time here in the clubhouse. The home base for the clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.